Welcome to the Big Church Podcast. We are a church in Barrie, Ontario, Canada, and we hope you are blessed by this message. For more information, check out our website at bigchurch.cc. Amen. So that's it. <laughs> How's that in a nutshell? Isn't that cool? You don't sound thrilled? Or you're just kind of pondering still? I just, um, I love how they just capture the essence of just what God was trying to do all the way through. And in looking at that in terms of the image, and, you know, God will not be reduced to an image. He will not be reduced to anything we try to reduce him to. And we do it so many times and so often. We, we just, we reflect what we think on him just naturally so many times. And we reduce him to our own image or to what we've created for him and the parameters that he, he create, we create for him. But he will not be restricted. Amen? We're going to look at this in the scriptures. We're going to look at Ephesians. Because what we're going to see is we're going to see our position. Because we are no longer, the Bible says he was raised. That's what we're celebrating today. And we are raised with him. Amen? That's our position. And so um, it's kind of like when we're looking at this passage, Paul here is speaking to the church in Ephesus, and, and he's teaching them. And we're going to look at Ephesians 2 and 3. And he, it's very similar to when Elijah told his servant, remember that um, they were surrounded by armies, and they were in the tent, and the servant came out, and he saw all these armies surrounding them, and they were going to kill them. And Elijah said, Lord, open his eyes that he would see. He didn't say send warring angels and send, he said, open his eyes that he would see. And when he opened his eyes, he saw chariots of fire and, and angels and warring far more than there was in the natural. So this is what we're looking at as we're, we're looking to look at our position now because we're seated with Christ. So our whole perspective and what we see needs to be different than what we see in the natural. Because that's who we are in Christ. It's got nothing to do with us, and we're going to see this when we, when we read through here. It says here, once you were dead because of your disobedience and your many sins, Ephesians 2, 1. You used to live in sin, just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil and the commander of the powers in the unseen world. And he is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. And all of us used to live that way, following the passionate desires and inclinations of our sinful nature. And by our very nature, we were subject to God's anger, just like everyone else. But God is so rich in mercy. Amen? And he loved us what? So much. Isn't that awesome? He loved us so much, it says here, that, he even, that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. Because it's only by God's grace that we've been saved. For he raised us from the dead along with Christ. Amen? And he seated us, it says here, with him in the heavenly realms, because we are united with Christ Jesus. And it, this is why, so that God can point to us in all future ages 
as examples of the incredible wealth of his grace and kindness towards us, as shown in all that he has done for us who are united with Christ Jesus. Do you see that word united? And that word there several times. That's where we are connected with him, where we remain in him. Like Jesus said, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, this isn't a one-time prayer and salvation prayer. It's a continual abiding in Christ, walking with him every day, knowing that he is with you, you are with him. It's remaining united with him. And it says, and God saved you by his grace when you, what? Cleaned up your act and smartened up and decided to get serious and, and work it all out. No, when you, what? Just believed. How many, you had to get to a point where it's like, I give up, I can't fix myself. You know, it's like having a shower before you have a shower. We're, we're like trying to have a shower before we need to go have a shower. And, and God's like, no, I'm the only shower That'll clean you. And we just try, try, but then we, when we finally just believe, we say, okay, God, you did do it, and I believe it. That was the simple act of, of believing and receiving. And it says, and you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done. So none of us can boast about it. Amen? Aren't you glad? For we are what? We are God's masterpiece. Amen? It's not something we just slop together. Oh, yeah, I put our eyes in the nose and, okay, there, next, you know. <laughs> no, it's a masterpiece is someone who skillfully thought out every part of you and, like, was well thought out. And, he, and we're his masterpiece. And it says that he has created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can what? Do the good things that he planned for us long ago. So there are things he's planned for each and every one of us. This is the very thing that is in the, at the heart cry of every person. It's, it's like the, everyone chases the, the money or chases the dream, but, but when they get in the middle of it, and you know, we see this with, with so much of Hollywood people, you know, we think, oh, they're living the dream, but if you watch some of them and you hear their stories, they're like, <clears throat> they're so miserable. Why? Because, why? Because they don't know the purpose of why they exist. They do not know the one who made a plan for them long ago, and you will never be fulfilled until you walk in the very purpose that he created you. That is the only place where we find fulfillment. Other than that, we exist. We just exist. And then he talks here about um, how we, we're one with, 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 with Christ, and we're one with the Jewish people. Now, back in the day, the Jewish people were the only people that were in covenant with God. And they paid a heavy price for that because God established these laws, and he judged them according to those laws. All the Gentiles, there was Jews and there was Gentiles. The, the G Gentiles could just do whatever they wanted because they weren't subject to that law. But God governed his people that were set apart for him by certain laws. And he had to do that because that's where the Messiah was going to come out of. And they had to see that, look, um, this is the way that I live. This is the way that I think. This is what my holiness looks like. And so they had to follow that. And 
And then it says here, but, but don't forget that you Gentiles used to be outsiders. So this, he's talking to the, the church here who knows that they've been grafted in. He says, you were called uncircumcised heathens by the Jews and who were proud of their circumcision, even though it affected only their bodies and not their hearts. In those days, you were living apart from Christ. You were excluded from citizenship among the people of Israel, and you did not know the covenant promises God had made to them. You lived in this world without God and without hope. But now you have been united with Christ Jesus, and once you were far away from God, but now you have been united, brought near to him through the blood of of Christ. And that's what the greatest thing about the Easter celebration weekend is we've been brought near and we live now united with Christ in heavenly places. For Christ himself has brought peace to us. How many are so thankful for peace? When the world is in turmoil, I tell you, if there's one thing I was gonna, I'm going to pick, well, of course you pick love. How many know love's top of the chart, right? But close second, I'd say is peace. And all those that are from peace country said, yeah. <laughs> but, um, but he says here, he brought peace. And he united Jews and Gentiles into one people when in his own body on the cross, he broke down the wall of hostility that separated us. And he did this by ending the system of the law with its commandments and regulations. And he made peace between Jews and Gentiles by creating in himself one new people from the two groups. Together as one body, Christ reconciled both groups to God by means of his death on the cross. And our hostility towards each other was put to death. Many of the, the God's the greatest unifier. He took, our, you know, everything that separated, and he's like, no, I'm unifying them all. I'm bringing them all into my family now. And he brought this good news of peace to you Gentiles who were far away from him and peace to the Jews who were near. And now all of us can come to the Father through the same Holy Spirit because of what Christ has done for us. So now you Gentiles are no longer strangers and foreigners. You are what? A citizen, we're citizens along with God's holy people. We are members of God's family, and together we are what? We are his house. Amen? We are the house. Right? Sheila said this when we first started the church. She said some people go to find a good church. Some people go to be a good church. When we understand that we are the church, we are the house. If you don't like your church, well, what are you doing? Because it's part of your house, right? We are the church. And it says we are his house built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets. And the cornerstone is Christ Jesus himself. And I love this, verse 21. We are carefully joined together in him. Becoming a holy temple for the Lord. How many know he carefully joins us together? How many know it's painful to be joined together? <laughs> That's why he has to carefully do it. 
We don't like to be joined together. We like to silo. It's my little, right? We just kind of, and if someone crosses over that, and they, you know, everyone, like it's, we, there's that, how many know married couples? There's that merging. Sure, you love each other, but there's <coughs> that blending, right? The cleaving to one another. And there's also that same covenant is a, is a covenant God brings us into in relationship with him and with one another. It's a deep love, and it's a deep commitment to one another. And we, I don't believe, I know we don't understand it completely, but he carefully joins us together in him, and we're becoming a holy temple for the Lord. And through him, you, uh, we as Gentiles are also being made part of this dwelling where God lives by his spirit. And so Paul says, when I think of all this, as a prisoner of Christ, for the benefit of you Gentiles, he says here, uh, I fall to my knees and I pray to the Father. <clears throat> And he says here in verse 2, assuming by the way that you, that, that you know God gave me this, this special responsibility of extending his grace to you Gentiles. As I briefly wrote earlier, God himself revealed his mysterious plan to me. And as you read what I have written, you will understand my insight into this plan regarding Christ. God did not reveal it to the previous generations, but now by his spirit, he has revealed it to his holy apostles and prophets. And this is God's plan. Both Gentiles and Jews who believe the good news share equally in the riches inherited by God's children. Both are part of the same body. And bo both enjoy the promise of blessings because they belong to Christ Jesus. Amen? Both. We all share in the same inheritance. You know when, when Jesus was saying about the ones that went out to the field and some went out at the beginning and he paid them a wage and then there were ones that came in really late and he paid them the same wage and the ones that were out in the field for a long, long time came and they're like, hey, this is not fair. You paid them the same amount as you paid me. He says, well, did you agree to work for that? They're like, yeah, mind your own business. I'm the boss. <laughs> right? Because he's like, it, that same grace was extended and to us that came in further down. But we all are going to share the same inheritance. That's God's amazing love, God's amazing grace. And he gives it to us. And he says here, um, it's by God's grace and mighty, verse 7, and mighty power, he says, I have been given the privilege of serving him by spreading this good news. And then this is what he says, though I am the least deserving of all God's people. This is Paul speaking here. This is a guy. Okay, so what's your excuse? Here this guy is realizing he is the most undeserving, feels probably like so disqualified, right? How many know if you think you're undeserving, you probably feel a little bit disqualified, right? He gave us most of the New Testament. 
in a place of being disqualified. Why? Because he didn't focus on that. He focused on the fact that God, in despite his being disqualified or feeling disqualified, God still extended love and grace. He says here, he says, I am the least of all, but he graciously gave me the privilege of telling the Gentiles about the endless treasures available to them in Christ. And I was chosen to explain to everyone the mysterious plan that God, the creator of all things, had kept secret from the beginning. God's purpose in all this was to use the church to display his wisdom in its rich variety to all the unseen rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. This was his, his eternal plan, which he carried out through Christ Jesus, our Lord. God reserved this mystery, which was Christ in you. That's the mystery, the hope of glory. Christ in you and me. That's, the, that's literally the mystery. And that revealed, God says, I'm going to display my manifold wisdom in its rich variety to all the unseen rulers and authorities. You know, it amazes me. I've been watching this and watch how God puts things together. And God is not limited by, by the boxes we put him in. He is always working. And this is what I've noticed with working with the, the churches in the city. There are so many different things that God is doing, but when all begin to see how God's putting different things together, if we all are not siloing, but we're, we're looking at, okay, I'm doing this part, I'm do but you see how they're connected, and if we looked at that, we could see how that could work together for this and this and this, and God could actually do something much larger. But the enemy keeps us all to our own little, and it's like, no, God wants to reveal his manifold wisdom. So let's keep, let's look at, and, and everything, every situation that we go into, God, what are you doing? What part do you want me to do? And God, what are you doing in the midst of this? And, and allow God to begin to let your eyes see what he's doing. Don't reduce yourself to, well, you know, they say you can only do this and you can only do this. And limit yourself to what human reasoning can, can do. Allow God to open your mind and say, God, what are you doing? Because you You've opened the way. I'm seated with you in heavenly places. You are working, and you are unfolding a plan, and I want to see what you're seeing. I want to be a part of that. And what part is my part in the midst of that? Because you want to display it. I believe one of the greatest things that we are going to be able to do, I believe as a praying church, and I'm not talking about just big church praying. I'm talking as a praying church. We have the ability to unlock things in the spiritual realm. And when you win the battle in the air, you win it on the ground. And I don't believe we've unlocked and we've seen the things that can be unlocked, even in prayer, that will instantly change things on the ground. You're not thinking that's going to... What's the one thing? I'm going through the book of Acts. How many are going through that, the, the Devo? Well, I, I'm not going to put... Get a show of hands. Those of you who are online, we're doing a Devo right now through the book of Acts. And, and you, the amount of, that the church is praying in there. 
and calling out and on every situation, they're crying out for help. And what's God doing? He's showing up with miraculous signs and wonders. And Peter's put in prison. He's supposed to die. And the, and the chains break off. And he's even in a daze. And an angel's leading him out. And he's thinking he's in a dream. And he, he finally gets out. And the angel leaves. And he comes to his senses. And he realizes, this is really happening. It's like we seem to think, oh, they were these. No, they were very human. And then, you know, they get to the house, and, and he, he, he realizes, okay, whose house was it? Rhoda's? <laughs> and he's like, I know Rhoda's going to be praying with the glory girls. I know it. They always are praying. And so he goes over to Rhoda's house, and what happens? They're praying. He knocks on the door, and one of the girls answers, and she freaks out. She's like, this can't be Peter. And she slams the door, and she goes and tells everyone and leaves Peter outside, locked outside. And then and she goes, and she says, Peter's at the door. Peter's at the door. And they're like, no, he's not. They're having a prayer meeting for him to be released and for his life to be spared. And then when, he, when he, she tells them that he is there, they're not believing it. Wow, there was a lot of faith in that room. No, there wasn't. There was desperation for God to do something. Period. This whole thing about faith, oh, you got to, you know. Yeah, sometimes you know and sometimes you don't know. You just know you need God's help. And you're crying out for help. And you're letting your faith extend. So, yeah, no, they didn't believe he was at the door. They didn't believe God could have done it that quick. But then eventually they opened the door and boom, he was there and, they, they had a party, right? But that's God's revealing and displaying his power and the mystery of his will and, and, and his manifold wisdom in, in all these different situations. And, and it's an exciting thing when we know that as the church we hold that power because of our position in Christ. Nothing else. Well, I don't feel like going to prayer meeting. Well, guess what? You're still seated with Christ. It's your position. You need to use it. I don't feel led. Well, then get the lead out. Because we need to be a praying church. We have resurrection power. We got to put it to work. Amen? It's been given to us to use. And to display God's manifold wisdom and his purposes. And there, there's so much more he wants to bring. And it comes through this. And it says here, um, verse, let's go to verse 10. God's purpose in all this was to use the church to display his wisdom in its rich variety to all the unseen rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. And this was his eternal plan, which he carried out through Christ Jesus our Lord. And it says, and now we can come boldly and confidently into God's presence. So please don't lose heart because of my trials here. I'm suffering for you, so you should feel honored. Because Paul is in prison at this time. And then this is what he prays. And this is a powerful prayer, and I want to encourage you. We're going to end with this prayer. This is such a powerful prayer that Paul prays. And he says here, when I think of all this, I fall to my knees and I pray to the Father. And 
why this is such a powerful prayer is it's scripture, first of all, but it declares our position. And sometimes when life throws you topsy-turvy and there's times, how many of you get times where you just, you don't want to pray? Everything's just kind of a mess and you're like, where do I start? Right? It's like a prayer like this grounds you and shows you your position. Paul is praying this here. And he says here, <clears throat> he says, the creator of everything in heaven on earth, uh, um, from whom every family in heaven on earth takes its name, I pray that from his glorious, verse 16, from his glorious, unlimited resources, that he will em empower you with inner strength through his spirit. How many want to tap into some of his unlimited resources? Well, guess what? All you have to do is ask because we share the same inheritance as the very first, the Jews. We've been brought in. It's our inheritance as well. It says, then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. So Jesus, I thank you that you have made your home in our hearts. That you literally, you're not in and out and up and down. You've made your home in our hearts as we have chose to put our trust in you. We thank you that we are your dwelling place. And then he says that your roots will grow down into God's love and that it would keep you strong. God, I thank you that you cause our roots to grow down deep and that you keep us strong, strong in your love. And may you have, I love this, the power to understand as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. And may you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. Amen. How many know we can never exhaust Christ's love? We've, we've, we've tasted a bit, but there's so much more that he wants to pour out. And he wants us to be able to even have the power to comprehend it, to, to receive it. And he, it says here, and may you experience um, the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. God desires us to be full and complete, lacking nothing. Amen? That's our God. So God, I thank you that you are doing that work in each one of us as we yield our lives to you. I thank you as we allow, God, your love to go deeper and deeper in our hearts, as we allow you to, to, to make your home in us, and as we remain in you and abide in you, I thank you that you are bringing the fullness of and, and your 
your power to complete us in the fullness of your life and your power. Thank you that it's at work bringing healing, bringing restoration. If you need healing in your body, I thank you, Jesus, that you paid that price in full and I speak life to those bodies right now. I speak healing to those bodies right now. Sickness and disease, you are cursed in the name of Jesus. And we just release healing and life to those bodies right now. And I thank you, Jesus. You bind up the brokenhearted. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You bind up the brokenhearted. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. And let's, verse 20 says this, now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Thank you, God. Thank you, God, for your power that is at work within us who know you and who are submitted to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. We thank you for your power that is at work within us to accomplish more than we could ask or think. I thank you that you desire to do far more than we expect you to do. Reminded of this when I look at the early church, you surprised them all the time, but they allowed you to work in them. So we ask that you would do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ask or think according to your power that works within us. Thank you, Lord. Glory be to him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. God, I thank you that the prayer that Paul prayed is continuing to be fulfilled even to this day. Thank you, God, that your words do not return to you void, but they accomplish what they were sent forth to do. We thank you for your every word and your every promise. Thank you, Lord. We honor you, Lord. we just receive from you today and just turn our eyes on you. We love you, Jesus. And we do turn our eyes on you. And I just worship God and I want you to just 
just receive from his presence if you want to worship worship if you just want him to just minister to your heart maybe you come in with a burden maybe you come in with an, uh, a need I want you to reach out to him sometimes we think a person needs to pray for us they don't just being in his presence just drawing closer to him he ministers to those areas in your heart just open your heart to him and just receive from him today just find refreshing in his presence Jesus we just turn our eyes on you we adore you we behold you Jesus you are so worthy oh soul are you weary and troubled no light in the darkness you see Thank you for joining us today. We pray that this message has truly blessed your life. For more information, go to bigchurch.cc.